Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We have an NBA champion, and I'm knocking things over already. My phone <laughs> starts ringing to start the show. Panty, it is a mess right out of the gate. How do you do that before we even talk on the air? I literally sat down. I before knocked over the monitor. Before you say a word, before you say a word, you fat hand the show. How is that possible? Well, it happened. Deal with it. These are the ABCs of me, baby. This is what you signed up for. Sorry. Can't help you. Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, in for Greeny. The Denver Nuggets are NBA champions, and Nikola Jokic continues to climb up the ladder as one of the great players of all time. And that is where we shall begin today. Here we go! Only one place to start. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. That is the great Mike Breen on ABC as Denver wins this series 4-1. And listen... Credit the Nuggets because there's no other way to break down this series other than to just point out they were the much better team, and it showed over the course of five games. Nikola Jokic becomes the first player drafted outside the top 15 to win both a regular season MVP and a finals MVP. He was absolutely fantastic, and can't he, he having won now two MVPs, and an NBA championship is one of just 11 players to ever do that. He is climbing up that ladder. There is still work to be done before I will call him an all-time great. But dear Lord, he is certainly on his way there. And I think before it's all said and done, we're going to be talking about one of the top six to seven players of all time. The scariest part about Nikola Jokic is that his teammates and his head coach thinks he's actually going to get better. They don't believe that this is the height of his powers. They think there's still room for improvement. That That is, that is, I can't even put words to it, big fella, because you're, you're talking about a guy that's the most unstoppable force in all of basketball right now. There is no answer to stop Nikola Jokic, and we've seen it throughout the entirety of the playoffs. They had to win four series, 16 games. They did it in 20 total games. 20 total games, never once facing elimination. And this dude that's leading him led the NBA in the postseason in points, rebounds, assists, the first time that's ever happened. This this is a dominant performance by Jokic. He's proven that the advanced metrics, the analytics, all of the regular season success can translate to winning at the highest level in the sport. And now the only question that you have to ask is can he run it back? Can he continue to put his team in this position year in, year out? Michael Malone talked about it at the end of uh, at the post game press conference. He said that we're happy about this. There's still work to be done, and he said the next step after becoming a champion is becoming a dynasty, and that's on their minds already. To your point, here is Jamal Murray on Sunday speaking about Jokic's ability and where he's headed. I think that's what impresses me the most. You know, he won his first MVP, and then his numbers were better than the second MVP. And then his numbers are better now. So 
I think there's more to come actually from Yoke. I think we haven't seen a side of Yoke that we're going to see where he can be just pure dominance of the whole game, even more than he has been. And here's here's what just made me chuckle as he's doing the interview with Lisa Salters on the court after the game. Mm. Listen to Jokic and what he says at the end of this comment. Yeah, now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. Yeah, the job is done. <laughs> we can go home now. It feels good. It's it basically, get me on the plane. I'm ready to get out of here. And it's not because he doesn't love Denver. It's not because he doesn't love all of it. He's just such an underrated or understated star in the way he does things. And, I, you know, I've heard people talk about the, the style and how great he is, but the fact that he's not flashy and that's not good enough for you. I'll tell you what. Give me this guy every day because all he does is make every single player on his team better. He leads by example. He can get fired up as he needs to, as we saw him on the bench last night, uh, ripping it up at one point. He does everything in a game, and he literally led all players in the postseason in points, rebounds, and assists. He is the first player to ever do that. I'm glad you brought up what happened last night because I thought that the timeout with four minutes to go in the third quarter was the turning point for the Denver Nuggets. Remember, Jamal Murray hits that three-pointer on the corner in transition to tie the game up at 60. Then the Miami Heat get two easy buckets, including a run-out layup by Caleb Martin. They take the timeout, and it's not Michael Malone talking. It's Nikola Jokic barking at everybody on the bench. Now, we've heard from a lot of reporters that Michael Malone has had to take up more of a leadership role because he doesn't have a lot of vocal leaders on his team in terms in the way of player leadership. But that instance to me is revealing when it talks when you talk about the sports character of Nikola Jokic and how badly this guy wants to win. We've said the the inverse for Jimmy Butler in terms of him uh setting the tone for the culture of the Miami Heat. But we don't talk enough about Nikola Jokic and his workmanlike approach setting the tone for everything that the Nuggets do. And to me, that was front and center this postseason. Mike Tannenbaum says this a lot. Um, the, you know, the talent sets the floor. The character sets the ceiling. What were you seeing the talent and the character of Nikola Jokic on display? And now that the Nuggets have arrived, th- there's no reason to think that this team is going anywhere anytime soon, especially with all of these guys essentially being locked up. Canty and Carlin in for Grady, ESPN Radio. Is he already one of the all-time greats? He's in the conversation. I think he's in the conversation for top 25 players to have ever played this game. Okay. He's in that conversation. A couple of things to keep in mind. What makes me hesitant about it? We've had MVPs since 1955, so almost Mm -hmm. 70 years. Canty, we've had 24 different players win more than one MVP. Mm -hmm. We've had seven players who have won three or more. So he's going to enter that, I think, at some point here in the next couple of years. I believe he's on his way. I believe also it's premature to call him one of the all-time greats. Top 25, you want to have that discussion? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I would just like to see a little bit longer. A little bit longer of his history. He's been great the last few years, but at 28 years old, I'd like to see this dominance continue through, you know, an eight to 10 year period. 
Well, I expected yeah, to. Yeah, it's a decade of dominance, right? Yeah. I, I mean, he's been in the NBA, what is this, eight seasons? Mm-hmm. And he's had four of those seasons where he's averaged over 20 points. So you, you want to see more from him. Like, and, that, and that's kind of the litmus when it comes to all-time greats. Can you show an eight- to ten-year span where you were the best player in the world or in the conversation for best player in the world? He's at the beginning part of that. Just think about the 2010s. That was owned by LeBron James. He was, you know, the consensus best player in the world, the unanimous best player in the world. There are other guys that won MVPs, but you can make a case in every one of those seasons that LeBron James was the MVP. How else do you go to eight straight NBA finals, right? So you look at him, you look at the 2000s, that was Kobe Bryant. You look at the 90s, that was Michael Jordan. So the guys that are considered, you know, in the pantheon of all-time great players, top 10 players, you're really talking about a decade of dominance in consideration for the best player in the world. Nikola Jokic has more work to do as far as that's concerned, but I think they have enough awareness and he has enough awareness to understand they got that potential for both the organization to go on a dynastic run and for him to be in that same breath as some of those guys that I just mentioned. You and I have talked about the idea that he will have gone through two play-in teams on the way here and people will view the road that he took three here. Play-in te- three play-in teams. Three, three play-in three teams, play-in right, teams. excuse yeah. me. Um, on the way here. teams, uh, People will look at that a certain way, but I think when we take that away, and we respect a little bit more about just how good those teams were, even though they didn't necessarily show it in the regular season. Mm-hmm. This is a great run through the postseason. I mean, very. It all. I almost double taked this morning because I didn't even really remember that this was the case. They won ten of their last eleven games in the postseason. Yeah, ten of their last eleven. Yeah, that's absurd. Like, the fact that Game 2 is their only loss since the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference semifinals? Wow. That is a great, great all-time run through the playoffs. A great all-time run through the playoffs. The free autos on Fix Fighter service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. Auto zone. The most dominant run that we've seen in the postseason, though, it has to be the 2016-2017 Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 I think that was their – there might have been their third championship? Uh, that was their second, second championship, their second their championship. first with Durant. Their second championship, first with Kevin Durant, yep. where, where they, they won the NBA Finals and they played in 13 games. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. 13 postseason games. It takes 12 to win it, and they played in 13. Wow. The only game they lost was in the finals against the Cavs. <laughs> well, that was it. All right, was that year still best of five in the first round? No, it was best, no, 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 no. It was best of four. They they swept the Trailblazers four zero. Right. They swept the Jazz four zero. Right. They swept the Spurs in the conference finals. Okay. And then they gentlemen swept the Cavs. Okay. So it was all right. So it was sixteen of seventeen. They won. There you yeah. go. Unbelievable. That was a great to get great to get run. to the Western Conference. They played twelve. They had to win twelve games to get to the NBA Finals. Wow. Wow. <laughs> they only played twelve games. Canty and That's Garland. unbelievable. ESPN Radio. That is unbelievable. That is, that is up there, boy. Yeah, it is. It and, is. The, and the bigger question now becomes, are those Warriors one of the teams who 
all of a sudden is going to be able to push them. Who is the biggest challenge for the Denver Nuggets over the next few years, be it in the Western Conference or, frankly, overall? That is your question of the day at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Who is the biggest challenge for the Nuggets next year in 2024? We want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Can't he just mention those Golden State Warriors, a man who knows a thing or two about dynasties and championships, who is a member of that dynasty in particular, joins us next for his perspective. Canty and Carlin, Infragrini, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80. The job is done, we can go home now. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast, the NBA playoffs. Bounce pass to Jokic against Martin at the free throw line. Jokic puts it on the deck, drives and scores. Denver back in front. We are not winning for ourselves. We are winning for the guy next to us. And that's why this is more, is even more, because uh, everything, everything, everything this, uh, this year was amazing. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs on Greeny with Mike Greenberg. I want Iguodala. This guy is a four-time NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors. He is the 2015 NBA Finals MVP. He's got the Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner. It is available wherever you get your podcasts. He is Andre Iguodala, who joins us right now. It's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty in for Greeny today. Andre, we appreciate the time, man. And let's, let's get right to it. As you look at this Nuggets team this year versus the one that your Warriors knocked out in the first round last year and now they're NBA champs, what was the biggest difference in what you saw? I mean, experience was was big for them. You know, if you look at Jamal, he wasn't there last year. We're dealing with his injury, and it's funny how sports work, you know. It's kind of what have you done for me lately. You know, there was a little bit of turmoil there for the Nuggets last year with Jamal. In terms of was he ready, was he not ready, should he play, should he not play, uh, it got really interesting. And you have to let the athlete be comfortable when he's out there. And I think um, 
the Nuggets organization did a good job of protecting them, staying behind them. And, you know, that was a big part of it. You know, I think they had two key acquisitions this past summer, you know, with Brown. Um, and then Caldwell Pope, who's a proven champion, you know, he won a championship with the Lakers in the bubble. Um, so, you know, you got some more experience. And uh, you just look at how, you know, Bruce, Bruce Brown was on the glass. You know, game five and game four, he had probably two of the biggest offensive putbacks uh, for his team and in uh, tight, close games. And we talk about how important possessions are in the playoffs. Um, you know, they just they just figured it out. You know, I haven't spoken about Jokic yet, but obviously he is who he is. AI head coach for Michael Malone during their celebration um, used the D word, and, and and I know you've been a key cog for this Warriors dynasty over the years and you've played against the Denver Nuggets, knowing what you know about that team, do they have dynasty DNA? Well, it remains to be seen. I think it's a little premature there. You know, it takes time, but definitely have the ingredients for it. You know, he has a very young team. Uh, I think out of their core, Jokic being 28, right? He, he's uh, he's the oldest, which is interesting. Um, but, you know, uh, something that, people don't really understand is the more you win, the more that comes with it um, in terms of just the nonsense. And it's from outside noise, you know, it can be, you creep within, you know, so you just got to continue to protect, you know, the true essence of the game of basketball and keep it about basketball and, and just make sure that, you know, the focus is on winning and not really about who gets credit. And when I think they, Biggest key to it is a guy like Jokic, and we talk about Steph Curry. You know, I talk about him a lot. When your best player, when your superstar is is humble and you know keeps it about the game, it flows to the rest of the team. And I think that's what the Warriors had with their success. You know, with their big three with Kevin Durant there. You know, it was just it was always about basketball. Um, and so you know they have the ingredients. It's just about uh, continuing to keep that mindset and those guys being able to follow behind Jokic. You, you saw his celebrations, you know, you see him throughout the season. He's having big games and um, he has such a humility about him and he's so humble and how he approaches the game and he respects the game. You know, one of my favorite things I heard him say was, you know, I asked him why he always wore a suit. He said, you know, it's business. You know, a lot of guys get dressed with their wild clothes and, you know, the attention of the clothes, it's, a, it's about that before the game. And he says, I'm just coming to the game for business and, um, do what I do best and what my profession is. And uh, he's a guy that I know will keep that same mantra, that same attitude. And as long as the other guys follow behind him, I think they um, have a chance to keep making a run at it each and every year for the next couple of years. Andre Iguodala, four-time NBA champion, host of the Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner joining us. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. You played with this Heat team. Uh, how much... How are we supposed to view the Heat over the last few years when they have uh, gotten to this point but ultimately have just come up a little bit short? Well, you got to give them a lot of credit. You know, being, I don't know what, a minute away from not even being in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, to making it to the finals, um, it, I think it says a lot about them. You know, and they've done, dealt with a lot of adversity, you know, with uh, Tyler going out, with uh, Victor Oladipo going out. I mean, how many points is that you're losing? Explosive points. And, you know, you look at that Heat team um, coming up short. You had a, you had, you had a lot of guys who you would predict didn't even, wouldn't make it to the NBA at some point in their career, right? And this is like more recently, you know, I was just very proud of, 
you know, my brothers, Gabe Vincent, who did a hell of a job, uh, Max Truce, a Chicago kid, um, you know, making the most out of his opportunity. Um, you know, you, you got to, you know, there was a lot of talk about that. You know, they're playing with GB guys. No, those guys earn their way. But ultimately, you know, talent does uh, usually uh, outweigh uh, anything else, you know, when you're playing on that big stage. So um, I think they have an opportunity. You know, they've been talking about uh, making a big splash, which Pat always seems to be able to do. Um, and as long as I think you got Jimmy out there, I saw a big improvements from Bam Adebayo in terms of how he dealt, you know, people don't understand everything that he brings to the game. He has such a large presence uh, defensively, even offensively, even when he's not scoring, but being such a great passer and a ball handler. Um, but he was able to take what the defense gave him throughout the entire playoffs. And um, he had monster games just about every game uh, in these finals. And uh, he's still so young. I think we still forget how young Bam is. He just looks like a grown man. Um, but, but Miami will keep retooling and keep tinkering, and they'll continue to make uh, – They'll continue to make big swings that get into the finals, too. I, I just don't see them. Uh, after over and over and over, they just keep proving it's wrong. They're going to keep making runs at it. Andre, having experienced it from the inside, how would you describe heat culture? Well, they get the most out of you. You don't understand it even when you're there, but you understand it when you leave. Uh, it's just a different mindset and how they approach the game of basketball. I mean, they it's the true essence of living it, breathing it, eating it, dying from it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think they know exactly who they want and that's from top to bottom. You know, they know who they want the next GM to be. They know who they want the next assistant coach to be, you know, all the predecessors, you know, it's all lined up. And and when you go on the court, you know, um, I don't want to give away DNA, but like they have (laughs) the database of everything that they want in a basketball player and, you know, they track you for so long. And I think it's just, uh, they have an amazing approach to how they want to run their organization, especially in a city like Miami. I mean, you rarely hear about their players getting in any trouble, you know, and, uh, that's not a knock on any, in any other organization, but I just know that's just how they do it. I mean, a city like Miami, you would think you would see more, you know, you know, just incidents, you know, there's just so much access down there. Uh, but the guys, Keep it about basketball. Um, I mean, you're locked in every single day. Um, just your mindset and how you approach the game of basketball, and it's so specific to your skill set and what you what your strengths are. And so, um, I tell everybody, you know, every young NBA player should experience a, a year down in Miami and heat culture, and you just get them in there for a year, and the rest of their career will be. Uh, a success, I believe, because they're just maximizing your talent. You know, what do you do well and how are you going to help us? And we're going to work on that over and over and over and over and over. I mean, you get into the uh, – it's more than just physical, too. It's the mental aspect. I mean, they'll, they'll test your mental capacity and push you to your limits and just show you how far you can really go. And, um, you know, once, you, once you're down there and once you see what, they, what you can get out of it, you, you, appreciate, you appreciate it so much more. Talking to 2015 NBA Finals MVP Andre Iguodala, co-host of the Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner. And AI, you're currently a free agent. You were with the Golden State Warriors this past season. When you consider Draymond Green having a player option this summer, Klay Thompson being a free agent a year from now, and the rising cost of this Warriors core, have you guys considered the possibility of, you know, life after the Golden State Warriors? Have you thought about what what, what – this potentially could be in terms of 
this run that you guys have had and it potentially being over? Yeah, I mean, well, the season just ended what, not even 24 hours ago. And I think um, it's going to be an interesting summer um, already because of one of the key pieces, you know, step down. It's going to take some time to, you know, clear his mind. And Bob Myers, who, who was just uh, a great individual and, you know, stayed behind the scenes, didn't take any credit for any of it. But we all know how much he was appreciated and how much we respected him. Um, so, you know, you've got the draft coming up. You know, you got to get a new GM in there. And um, it's going to be, um, you know, it's interesting. But I think we all take on that. Uh, you know, we look forward to getting into next season. You know, um, no matter how it looks, they're all competitors. You know, that's Steph, that's Clay, that's Draymond, that's uh, Jordan Poole, that's Andrew Wiggins. Um, you know, I've seen Kaminga two times this summer already. You know, he's doing two and three days. You know, like he's getting ready. You know, how many guys start playing who made the playoffs before the finals is over? You know what I mean? And I've seen him uh, working on, you know, everything he should be working on the court. You know, whether it's ball handling, whether it's cutting. So, you know, he's got a very competitive group, and you can never, never, ever, ever count out, the, uh, you know, that, that team with Steve Kerr. Um, it's just, you know, trying to tinker around how do you, you make it all work and, and bring the group back and, and see how many more swings you can take at it. Andre, awesome stuff. We appreciate a few minutes. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Andre Iguodala, Warriors forward, four-time NBA champion and host of the Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner. He didn't want to say it, but the Warriors dynasty, as we know it, is over. It didn't sound optimistic. No, and what we saw last night cemented it for me. Like the, the, the gap between where Golden State is and where the Denver Nuggets are at is sizable. Think about it. The team that beat the Golden State Warriors in the conference semis got swept by these Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Swept. So I just, it, it, just, it feels like there's a lot more work to do, and I'm not quite sure that the Warriors have the resources in the way of cap space, in the way of draft picks, in order to add to this roster, in order to close the gap between them and Denver? Well, this is our big question of the day, and it's simply based on where the Nuggets are right now. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. And it's this. Who is the biggest challenge in 2024 to the Nuggets, if there is one? Mm. And where does this playoff run rank for an NBA champion? Because this one... 10 out of their last 11 is pretty damn impressive. Let's hit the phones. JC, up first on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. JC, go, bud. What do you got? Hey, hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. Can't see. Loved you when you was in Baltimore, man. I miss it. My but, man. Um, uh, I think that great run was uh, the Lakers. When, uh, when they went, they swept through the whole Western Conference until they ran across AI with that miraculous Game One performance in two thousand one. As far I as great they, runs, I believe they went under. Yeah, I, I believe they were undefeated that year. Well, they uh, they lost one in uh, in the finals to they lost they won in five against yeah, the five. Sixers because yeah. uh, the Sixers won Game One. Yeah, uh, that was when AI stepped over Tyron. Yeah. The infamous AI. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great moment, too. Yeah, it was. But at any rate, um, there are teams that have had similar great runs. 
And when you look back now at what they did, it's almost surprising that they lost twice to Phoenix. It kind of is. But it's not, though. Really? About, no, because you, you're talking about those two games that they lost in Phoenix where Devin Booker and Kevin Durant combined for 72 points and 86 points, respectively. Like, any time the two stars go off like that, it's going to be hard to beat anybody. I, I know. It's just that they came back in game six and absolutely destroyed them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I, I, this, is, this is not an all-time great, but this is certainly a great, great run toward a championship. Eric, up next on ESPN Radio. Eric, who's the biggest threat to the Nuggets next year? This is the Lakers. Uh, if you go back to the Western Conference Finals, all four games were winnable for the Lakers. The Lakers have the big man. They just need that one piece of the another, you know, offensive star that can take pressure off of LeBron to score points. Uh, that 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 series was actually closer than the finals, in my estimation. Well, to me, it's two players. It's Kyrie Irving or it's Fred Van Vliet, who, in case you missed it yesterday, declined his player option and he's a free agent. Well, yeah, there's those two players. I know they'll potentially look at trade possibilities, but the Lakers don't have a ton of resources in the way of draft picks. But I do think that the Lakers have the potential to pull something off to close the gap between the Denver Nuggets. But that's all it is, big fella. Yeah. Think about it. That's a big if. We don't know how the summer is going to unfold. We don't know what LeBron James' future plans are. Hell, we don't even know if he's going to be healthy at the start of the season because there are some rumors out there that he potentially might have to have surgery this summer on that foot. So I just I look at the situation with the Lakers, and although I want to believe in it because I'm a Lakers fan, I have a hard time saying that they're the biggest threat just because they need so many different things to break right in order to get closer to the Denver Nuggets. If you're asking me sitting here today, the biggest threat to the Nuggets running it back, it's the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. It's how they handle success. How hungry are they going to be? La- the last time we saw a back-to-back champion was 17-18 with the Golden State Warriors. We just had Andre Iguodala on, and he talked about how hard it is once you win to block out all of the outside noise, all of the nonsense, because everybody wants to point to who deserves the most credit. Everybody wants to point to who's the catalyst for the run that the team is going on. Everybody wants to frame things in a historical context, and you got to keep it about winning basketball games, going out there and putting yourself in position to be successful night in, night out. As one of my former teammates with the New York Giants, O.C. Yor used to say, it's hard to eat when you're full. Everybody can learn the lessons when you're losing games, but can you learn the lessons to improve when you're winning and when you're on top of the basketball world? That will be the biggest challenge for the Denver Nuggets going into this summer. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who is the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets for 2024? That's a question on the table. And I'm going to explain shortly why the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets is one player, and we will tell you who that is on the way. Plus, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton sitting courtside at the finals last night, and it got us thinking. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Greeny, the podcast. Uh, it's so nice seeing Russ and Sean Payton sitting courtside. Russ has been there quite a bit for the Nuggets this postseason. I mean, Russ is just an accessory to Sierra at this point, right? I mean, he's, he's the at, equivalent. At this point? He's he the, has been for quite some time. He's the equivalent of a handbag right now. <laughs> like, I mean, the only reason I noticed Russell Wilson is because they showed Sierra wearing a 10-gallon cowboy hat. That's it. That's the, that the only way I noticed it. That's fair. That's fair. Just saying. Putting it out there. KJ Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces, come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today. So seeing those two courtside got Chris Canty thinking. The old gears Started into motion. Here's Canty with the top five. It's the top five what, Canty? Well, it's the top five of veteran quarterbacks that could potentially have a turn back the clock season in 2023. Now we're talking about quarterbacks that are 30 years or older, guys that may have had a down year in 2022, being able to bounce back in a big way for their teams in 2023. And we're going to kick off the list at number five. Number five. Number five is Ryan Tannehill. Now, this list goes from least confident to most confident, so I'm right. least confident that Ryan Tannehill will have a turn-back-the-clock season. Think about the state of affairs when it comes to that Tennessee Titans offense. The O-line is in flux. They got they let go of Taylor Lewan. They're potentially shopping Derrick Henry this offseason. They don't really have a lot of veteran receiver help. They haven't been able to replace A.J. Brown moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I... I I'm not confident that Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to bounce back to that season he had two years ago where he threw for 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. And they've already got his replacement in house in Will Levis. Number four. Number four on my list. It might surprise you. It's Russell Wilson. Let's wow. ride. Russell Wilson. Let's ride. I just don't know if he's going to take you that far. I, I believe in Sean Payton as a head coach and as an offensive mind. I don't believe that his style and how he wants the offense to operate meshes well with Russell Wilson. Now, the Kroenke family is paying a lot of money. I mean, not the Kroenke family, but the the Walton Penner group is paying a lot of money to get those guys to figure it out and work well together. But I just don't see this ending the way that a lot of people believe it will. I think it's ultimately going to be a season where we find out that Russell Wilson's best years are behind him. So basically, you have Russ jumping on the horse when he says, let's ride. And it turns out the horse's nickname is Glue. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Number four. Number three. Derek Carr, number three, with the New Orleans Saints. Listen, he's, I guess he's the most accomplished quarterback in the NFC South, right? Yes. There's no question. I mean, Bryce set very high Bryce Bryce Young is the first overall pick. He's a rookie. Then you've got uh, the combination of Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask Ooh. with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then you got Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke with the Atlanta Falcons. Ugh. I mean, this should, this should set up pretty well for the New Orleans Saints to have a good year. We know that they've got a really good defense, a championship-caliber defense. It's just a matter of the offense coming to the party and getting some of those skill position players back healthy, Michael Thomas included. I, I think it does lend itself to Derek Carr having a really, really good season this year. Number two. Number two, I got Matt Stafford. Now, a lot of people don't think this is going to be a big year for the Rams, but I do think Matt Stafford is going to do numbers, man. You look at that offensive line last year, it was decimated. Both Brian Allen and Joe Notemoon missed double-digit games due to injury. 
They filled in that offensive line. They drafted Steve Avila out of TCU, who was the highest-rated guard in this year's NFL draft, according to Mel Kiper Jr. They still got Cooper Cup. They got Ben Skoranek. They got Van Jefferson. They got Tyler Higbee. They got Cam Akers and Kyron Williams in the backfield. I, I believe in Matt Stafford. I also believe in Sean McVay. They might not have a lot of team success, but I think that Matt Stafford will have a big, big season. Number one. Of course, the number one guy has to be Aaron Rodgers, right? It just has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Just look at the defense that's going to be supporting Aaron Rodgers. And when you consider that he's got one of the very best young receivers in Garrett Wilson in the entire NFL, you know, I just I feel confident that Aaron Rodgers is going to have one of those years where he takes advantage of the extra possessions, where he takes advantage of the field position that the defense is able to create for him and he cashes in. I see a lot of plus territory touchdowns for the New York Jets as opposed to what they had to do settling for field goals when Mike White and Zach Wilson were operating the offense. Uh, Okay. I would operate um, or I would acknowledge a couple of things here. Number Mm. one, and I don't know if he's even 30 technically yet, if we are going to use that as a hard line. Uh, Once again, noticeable and notable that Canty leaves Dak off that list. The Dak would not have a bounce-back type year because you don't believe in the Cowboys this season. No. So this, to me, is consistent but notable that he is staying consistent. I am surprised that Stafford is as high as he is in your confidence level given what the injury history has been, given what it was specifically this past year. Like, I would have thought Stafford might have been around four or five, Mm. and even though you've never loved him, that you could see Tannehill being a little bit better than a guy like Stafford just because of injury history. That's it. I thought this list overall. Solid list. Dak Prescott will be 30 years old on July 29th. Okay. So didn't make the cut on the list. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.